the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hart. And each week on The Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I'm very privileged to have Alex Popham on the show. Alex is a former Welsh rugby union footballer who played at number eight or flanker and was captain for the 2009 season at Breve in the French top 14, having signed from the Slanathlete Scarlets in 2008. Alex has also played for Wales, earning 33 caps, but not forgetting he's the founder and CEO of Hub15. So welcome onto the show, Alex. Welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So before we get started in today's episode, Alex, um, beyond the initial introduction that I have given you, is there any bits of information for my listeners that they might not know about yourself? Um, just that I played in two World Cups and with the World Cup uh, just around the corner. Um, yeah, that, they were great experiences. Uh, 2008 Grand Slam with a winner in Gatland's first uh, uh, camp with the with the squad um yeah that's that's about it i think so uh, i started my career sorry i started my career at newport and i also played for uh leeds tykes as well before going to Slanathlete and breathe and in terms of you, you talk about obviously the world, world cup's only as we're recording a few weeks away if not that even less 19 days <laughs> what what's it like playing for different coaches and obviously going to two different World Cups? Um, yeah, it was obviously World Cup is, uh, or playing for Wales is any uh, boy's dream growing up in Wales. But then for me personally, um, after watching the 1987 uh, World Cup and Wales getting third place in that tournament and it becoming one of the biggest sporting stages in the world, uh, is something that's on your your list of uh, goals of what you want to achieve in your playing career, and playing being fortunate enough to play in two uh, under under Steve Hansen in '03 in Australia, and then Gareth Jenkins in '07 in France. Um, yeah, it was great great experiences, and one I the memories are cherish all most of them for forever. But you you talk about those two World Cups. More poignantly, Alex, but be 2003 was well, if we kind of put the 2011 World Cup to one side, it's probably one of the more successful ones. But obviously, 2007 is probably one of the worst. How does, from a mentality perspective, for you playing back then, how do you kind of get yourself back up to a level of playing for obviously regional and club? coming off a high, but also obviously from the, the other end of the spectrum, coming back from what is a pinnacle of, of a low? I, th- I think in, in any sport, really, you, um, you're only good as your last game. And if it was good or bad, then if you're on a, on a good form, you can run with that and, 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 and be confident going into the, into the game or the, the, the competition or the league. Uh, but if you've come off a bad game like we did against uh, Fiji in 07, I think we had a couple of week break where we didn't have to go back to our regions. But you were biting and, 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 and couldn't wait to get back out on the field just to, uh, because as a sportsman, you, you start overthinking and the best place for a sports person is to be out doing what they love and they enjoy and hopefully do best. Um, so when we lost to, to Fiji in 07, I just couldn't wait to to play my next game of rugby, which was for the Scarlets. So um, after 03 and doing or getting further than most people thought we were we were going to, and all just 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 losing to England in the in the quarters, it was a game I didn't play in. But 
uh, it was still a, a great uh, tournament to be involved in. I played against Tonga and New Zealand in that tournament, and New Zealand was one that we took them uh, quite quite far, and it was a really exciting game. I think they're still showing it now as one of the best uh, World Cup games of all time. So, uh, and I got I managed to swap my jersey with Jerry Collins, a, a great number six for oh he's playing number eight for New Zealand that day. Uh, and yeah, just just great fond memories uh, for me personally. But coming back to the 2007 World Cup, and and and, and I don't like to relive it, <laughs> being a supporter. But what from an internal perspective, because obviously the media will have its own saying as what went wrong. From a playing perspective, what do you think that's from a game plan perspective? You don't think? What yeah, I, I think we just we just underestimated uh, to. Fiji, um, we tried to play them at their own game, uh, and they're, they're dangerous. Uh, they're seven specialist and, and barbarian style rugby. And when we played them, we had some great playmakers in our team: Shane Williams, Martin Williams, and boys who like to check it around. But I think we just should have been more structured in our approach for them and tired them out in the scrum, in the driving lineouts, and and play a, a style of rugby that wouldn't allow them to throow the ball and score 90, 80 metres tries. And yeah, for, for a neutral watch, it was, again, I think a great game of rugby, but for a, for a Welshman, uh, it wasn't the style that, that suits us, especially against Fiji. But what what you think the lessons have been learned from that World Cup defeat then, be it going off? Oh, I, 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 think, I think, yeah, go, going forward, the, the boys now under, under Gatland, um, are, are the best prepared uh, squad, or one of the best prepared squads in the in the world. The small details, the one percent that Gatlin and his coaching team and um, and the management team go into to make those one um, percent all add up to make a big difference. From it being that what it's going, how hot it's going to be over in uh, in Japan for the, the training that they've done in the last 13, 14 weeks with altitude training, with going into Turkey, hot weather training, with just getting the boys in the best shape possible and ready for what's uh, uh, in store for them in, in Japan. And obviously we're um, 12 years on from that World Cup and things change with regards to the science behind the sport. Um, and every team is improving, improving, but there'll be no better prepared team than the Welsh team come uh, come Japan in on the twenty third is Wales's first game, uh, and one I'm really looking forward to, because not just that what Gatlin and and his coaching staff have done as well, we've got so, so much strength in depth that some of the boys that he had to leave behind were really surprise uh, big surprises, and uh, that just shows uh, that. Wales now have got a uh, a squad of 40 45 players where it was difficult it was uh, quite hard to choose uh in in previous world cups another six or seven players to make up the the 25 that they had now we've got a a core of 45 players who could have all been on that plane but you talk about that 1% now Alex do you think it, it is something that he has brought in per se, or is it something that he's learned from watching other sports? I think I think a lot lots of this comes from other sports. With um, with I can't think of his name. Uh, the Sky, they're not Sky anymore, but uh, Dave Brailsford. Yes, and the one percent that he's brought to team, or as it was then, Team Sky. And I think other coaches have just cottoned onto that. Um, but Gatlin's got his own way um, and, and he looks at everything. He's got the best support around him with the physios, the medical, uh, the fitness coaches who are in there. The, 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 the saying they're the fittest team in the world, I know they would have been beasted. Uh, I only had one campaign with him and it was, it was uh, horrible with what he used to do. But that was, um, that was a shock for us. When I when he came on board with uh, myself and the other players at first, now it's the norm. And you know you're going into Welsh camp. You're going to be beasted. The training is going to be hard. It's going to be intense, short. Uh, but the boys are going to be fit. Um, and there's that expectation now for where Wales used to run out of gas in the last 20 minutes. They're the one turning on the pressure now in that 20 minutes and being clinical 
and scoring a lot of points or winning games where uh, they didn't start very well. Because of their fitness, they can perform for the full 80 minutes now. So if you had to turn back the clock now, Alex, and, and started your career over, be it yep. at this point in time, would you take it then and be it, be the bit, this is your peak now? Um, I, I think that's difficult to say. I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, a half full type of person where um, I had a great career, uh, travelled the world, had a lot of amazing experiences. Um, but yeah, obviously, especially this time of year, come Six Nations, come World Cups, they're the, they're the, the stages that you want to be playing in. And um, it's... It's, it's getting more physical. That was my game when I was when I was playing. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would have, I would still like to be playing and, and being involved. But obviously, I, I can't be through age and, and through my injury that that I had. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't think about that too much. And I was fortunate to to have a great career and, and great memories. More importantly, from it. But at this time of the, I won't say this time of the year, but this period in time, more specifically with the run-up to the World Cup, do you start going into nostalgia and thinking, well, four years ago, well, not four years ago, it'd be when you were involved getting ready for the World World Cup, does it start invigorating memories of this is what I, where, where I was, this is what I was doing? Yeah, it's, it's it's not just the World Cup. It's it's any time of the year, especially uh, pre-season. So this for any any sportsman or any rugby player was the worst time of the year where you, you you didn't have a game at the end of the week, so they would ease off the training. It was six days a week being flogged left, right, and centre to get you in as best shape come the start of the season. Um, so. Yeah, even even now I'm not playing, or I haven't played since 2011. Every I still look at a a, a calendar year as what I was doing when I was playing. So, um, and I and I, I bring that to to work with some of the terminology that uh, I use whilst I was playing into into business life as well. And then talk about this entrepreneur and business life now. In terms of like the um, competitive beast, now are you able to switch it off, or is it always? And, and I'm talking myself. You can't switch it off. Is it the same for you? Yeah, and I've got obviously a, a winning mentality and very competitive in in day to day life. Really, with with when I'm because I enjoy cycling now. I like to push myself, not to the extremes whilst I was playing because I'm not getting paid anymore, but <laughs> to a, to a, a a high level. And then with with business and what I'm currently doing with Hub 15, um, I like to be as uh, yeah as uh, again those small one percents adding that to my business and and being competitive with my staff uh, to to make sure we can be as good as we can be. So in terms of the name now, Alex, and I probably alluded to it in the introduction. I'm assuming the 15 has a connection to rugby. Yes, definitely. So Hub 15, uh, we use Sporting Stadia when they're not being used to, as co-working space. So people can come to the venues and set up their laptop or use one of our desktops, if they're graphic designers, uh, and work from the space overlooking the, the ground. Um, we are in two venues at the moment, uh, Bath Racecourse and Sapphire Gardens in Cardiff. Uh, we are launching in Ascot um, and uh, start sorry start of October, and I've got about forty other venues that are interested in partnering with us. Uh, but more importantly than just people working from these venues instead of working from home or from a, a, a loud office, uh, what I'm building is a trusted business network that like-minded people work in this space, whatever their sector, and. Um, we recommend members offer small discounts off their services to other members. And from that, then you're going to get rolling organic growth for the members business and trusted where people are doing a good job uh, for one another. Um, We have networking events uh, twice a month for our members who can bring clients. And tomorrow morning, we got Ed Jackson, um, the used to be ex-WASPs, uh, London Welsh and Dragons back row 
player who dived into a swimming pool two years ago and broke his neck. Uh, and they were, he was told he would never, never walk again. And he's got, yeah, just got a great story to tell on what he achieved and what big hurdle was chucked in front of him when they said, and he didn't accept that. He, um, he did a Nepal um, exu- uh, event about six weeks ago where he's walking with poles. His one leg is still not perfect, but he's getting himself out there and not giving up and, and getting up the mountain. And uh, yeah, that's what Hub 15 is all about. It's exciting. It's growing. And that's what I miss from rugby is being part of something, having a goal. And this, for me, uh, brings elements of my playing days back to uh, day-to-day, a normal job, working life. And do you think, and, and you, you touched upon it a little bit, do you think that's what sometimes athletes are missing or, or per se when, even when they're in the, I'll call it the trenches, uh, of sporting day, life day in, day out? They don't think of what what life is going to be like after the fact. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I was called always quite entrepreneurial when I was playing. I set up a, a agency that looked after players with a PR company and a law firm in Cardiff. Uh, I did property developing, but a lot of boys are just tunnel vision, tunnel vision on their on rugby. And I think it is so important that. Uh, they try other things. They it should be part of the academy system where you've got to uh, either do um, education or a trade or just something that if you injure yourself tomorrow and you can never play again, you've got something. But I also think what it was for me when I was playing, it was a bit of a, a, a switch off where I enjoyed thinking about other things, not just rugby, because that can make mentally tire you as well. So having a balance in what you do outside or off the pitch is, a, is only a good thing. Why do you think, well, I'm not going to generalise with this statement, but why do a good proportion of be it rugby players, athletes, kind of have that tunnel vision? For some, for some aspects, it's a good thing, but from others, obviously, it's detrimental. Uh, I, I just think it's drummed into them from such a young age that's all you've you've known and I think if when if and when you become professional that is the only thing and only important thing in your life and you're in a bit of a bubble and that bubble can burst at any time but like I said earlier if you've got that separation from yes I'm at the rugby club or I'm at the track or I'm in the swimming pool but then having something uh outside is or worked for me uh and having having uh, different priorities away from um, from your sport is is only a good thing. And it's down to each individual. But I think we should be helping our youngsters and players who are coming through uh, to have something else apart from just their sport. But who would you predicate to that to make that decision? Would you say the RFU or the regions? Uh, I think it's got to be a mi- mixture of of the both. I think it. Um, I think if it comes from the top, that they've got to do something, as in the governing bodies, the RFU, the WIU, who who um, control the regions um, and the clubs. Um, I think yeah, they've just got to talk and, and what is best for the player, um, and that's the most important thing. And just getting it right, so um, we don't have all the problems that are going on now with. Uh, boys who uh, there's, there's been quite a lot of uh, suicides recently with boys in, in South Wales with boys who were in academies and didn't make it and I just think we need something to support players if that happens to them uh, as in you get uh, told you're not good enough or you haven't got a contract and that's all they've known since they were five or six years of age, being in the best team being in the region being in the uh welsh team at that age or the age groups and then get told at 1920 that you're not getting a full-time contract it's hard for them and uh, we need to support and, and have things in place that they don't feel that they're lost in in life when that happens because it happens to a lot of of people because not everybody makes it but if they've got something else some trade some 
something else going on in life that is important, um, it's going to be better for everybody, I think. But does it not also come down to having that open mind enough so there's, there's no stigma, no, no, no shame in playing for what was probably historically more prestigious of playing for one of the clubs? Yeah, a hundred percent. But they, 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 every. This is me just thinking. Now you want to play for the best team, or you want to play for the uh, the best in the best leagues, and then that will lead. If you're playing well in those leagues, that you will get international honours, and then if you get international honours, you'll get potentially called up to the British uh, Irish Lions. So you would always have a ladder to go up there. Um, but if then a player doesn't make it and he's playing, there's nothing wrong with that. And that, that's what happens day in, day out. But I just think there's got to be a support around them. Instead of saying, Tarai, you're not good enough. There's got to be other other things to support those those people. But I think, be it from, you know, as general purpose, they don't think of things like that. Be it you, obviously you and I have been in that environment. It's it's commonplace. You, if you're not good enough, there's, there's a... There's a there's a flag heap. Here you go. We'll put you on there. And the next yeah. boy, next person up, and take yeah. that, take that position, and that roll up. Yeah, definitely. And um, that's that's what happens when when players get injured. But I think there's got to be something that's put into into people's contracts that um, if you get told you can't play anymore, that there's you're just not tossed out. Uh, Onto the slag heap, as you as you just said, there's got to be some something that um, some guidance of where you go from there. But then, is that where the two and two, from a sporting sense, now don't work in tandem? Be it the, the sporting side of things and the business. It's. I, I think it's. It's. it's it, it's not that hard. Boys get so much free time during during a week from not being on the field, not being on the gym, that there can be things that, especially for the youngsters, maybe not for the guys who are in the international squad, but there's some boys, Jamie Roberts, Alan Amos, they've done degrees, they've done something in their free time. So instead of boys going and playing, in my day it was PlayStation, I don't know what the new uh, console <laughs> console is now, uh, but instead of going and playing on that for six, eight hours a day, get something behind you. And get an interest. Is that down to boredom as well? Then, yeah, yeah. There's there would be a lot of boredom and people playing cards on on the bus and and just just things like that. But just have a, I think having other interests and and um, preparing yourself and not not being negative in that mindset where or oh, it could happen tomorrow, it could happen tomorrow. But it's a long you 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 you're retired for a long time and it will stop even if you're lucky enough to get to 35, 36, 37. You've still got another 20 years of work left in you that most rugby players won't make enough money from whilst they're playing just to sit at home or play golf every day like a lot of footballers. But even on that point with the footballers, I still think if you're playing golf every day or you need more than that in your life from working for, I don't know, the Princess Trust or just doing some good and, and, and putting your experiences back into a society, really. And you talk about your, obviously, aspect of where you were at from your downtime as a player. Do yeah. you think you could have been in a better position where you are now if you'd have put in the work back then from, from obviously, your, your, your um, day-to-day living I, now? I, 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 I most probably could have done read more, read some uh, business books and things like that and prepared. Uh, but I, like I said, I was always quite entrepreneurial uh, with growing up from, from a young age. So I always enjoyed that part um, and of, of having the separation whilst I was playing. Yes, I could have most probably done a degree uh, whilst I was playing. I did start one, but it was at the time where when I started my degree in IT and sports science, um, we were training in the evenings and the following season it flipped uh, we're training in the days. So I couldn't do my second year of my course, uh, but there it's easier to do distance learning and things like that. So there's not, there's not an excuse. 
But could you not go back to it, or is it something yeah, that you I, have a passion um, in? Yeah, you, you, you. I just I, seriously, I haven't got the the time with the with starting Hub Fifteen, with growing that, with having three children. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't got the time. If I'm honest, there's more that I would like to do with with I do quite a bit of charity events, and I would like to help and mentor young uh, people. Um, especially people who haven't had the best of upbringings or in a in a dark place, just to say, look, there is an opportunity out here for, for, for you and, and little steps um, and just making trying to make people happy and, and, and show that uh, you can be successful from where, wherever you come from, really, or whatever your background. Do you think it's leveraging what you, you've, um, how would I put this, learnt, be it at whatever age level age grade that you've got up to to be able to obviously facilitate that into something else uh, uh, like i said i'm i'm always the 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 positive the half full type of person and you get you get two types of people and um it's for me <laughs> showing no matter what's put in front of you, good or bad situation, um, that you can get, you can get through it. Or if it's a good situation, well, let's make it better. And um, if if you can do that if, as a sports person, with be it um, you've you've had a good game, but you've got next week we're gonna you want to be even better, or you've had a bad game, then you can address what went wrong and make sure you're best prepared. Uh, going into the, the following game, if it if it's in business, and this is one thing that I found really hard um, when I first started off in a in a real job, where um, if somebody made a, a mistake in work, then it get talked about around the office for weeks and weeks and weeks, and instead of just nipping it in the butt, like in rugby, where you played on the Saturday, you come in on the Monday morning, you'd have analysis and you knew if you missed the tackle or you get told there and then in front of everybody and not belittle, but yeah, okay, put your hand up. I made that mistake. But that in business uh, um, is sometimes hard work where people bite their lip and not say it as it is and then move on because that's the best for everybody. Learn your mistake because people don't make mistakes on purpose. The perspective of now, you know, coming across with the adversity standpoint, do you think you were in a better place mentally because of the living you did as a rugby player and people could call it barbaric to a certain extent? You're not running into a metaphoric rule or day in, day out. You're physically going into one that actually physically exists and you're trying to bust through that. Do you think from a from a positive perspective that puts you in a better place because you're having to overcome adversity obstacles that being obviously purposely put in your way um that's a difficult question to to ask but yeah i think i'm i think you are better prepared but you're also not as i don't want to use the words uh soft you you what's the better word to use um you just take it on the chin and uh and, and move on it's like i said it's, it's not bullying it's not it's just to make whatever job you're doing or be, be it a rugby or if you're putting on an event and something goes wrong in that event, it's just to make sure next time that you've learned from your mistake and you're in a better place. Do you think it's a sports person is, is to a certain extent better, not I won't say better suited because it comes down to the individual as well, but at times they can use that competitive nature in a better light than me say maybe somebody that's a little bit I think it's definitely an advantage yeah and that's why I think uh with regards to companies employing ex uh, professional athletes there's lots that athletes can bring to an organization to a team to the skills they've learned whilst competing um can be transferred into business and I think uh, companies are missing a trick on uh, current athletes, retired athletes. They can bring a lot to an organisation from how how they perform, how meticulous they are in their preparation, how um, 
they can take um, criticism on the chin and move on. If you put something in front of them, they can be planned and 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 perform to the, the best of their abilities with obviously training in in certain uh, instances. But I think we've or oh, companies have got to look at ex athletes and 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 pick them up and and get them involved in in their companies. But then, from that basis, then Alex, who do you think is the better athlete than the the team orientated one or the one who's individualistic? Obviously, for you you're gonna have your own biases, but that's yeah, that's de- de- definitely. But for for me, um, oh, I think both both. Um, if you're uh, an individual athlete, you you can bring a lot to um, to an organisation because. You, you you haven't got the support of a of a team around you, so you've got to be so disciplined. Where uh, at least where in my instance, where uh, I was a rugby obviously player, I had a team around me. If there was one day that I wasn't feeling the best, or I had somebody on my left and on my right and behind me that would spur me on and make sure I did it. But as a as an athlete who hasn't got that support, then um, it's up to them to get themselves up in the morning. To go and to, do a two-hour swim, three-hour swim, and yeah, they they both got skills that um, and mindsets that um, could could add a lot. But yeah, they they are different. I I, I think for, for me, uh, somebody who um, hasn't got a team around them is again next level with their mindset of uh, to somebody who plays in a team. Do you can can do you, well? We'll ask you more specifically. Do do you find or did you find times where you could kind of hide away and kind of retreat, and you know you're going to have that support. Be it like you were saying, if I'm not, I'm just, oh, like, you, I can. You'd be able, if you're in a hotel. I mean, if you're away in a hotel, you just go off to your hotel and not be in the in the team room. But the boys would soon find you, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that. That was that was for me was a was a was a good thing. But you had you'd be able to go off for a walk on your own, and like I enjoy my own company. I can crack on with with things that um, I needed to. But um, it must be. But you 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 would have the choice. I think uh, somebody who's not in a, involved in a, a team sport or um, yeah, that, but again, that's all they've known. So I think it's what you've grown up with, what you're used to. I think if you if you had a an athlete who um, was a rugby player and then went to uh, become a tennis player, they would find that very hard because and that, and that's when I finished. What I miss from from life, really, if I'm honest, where I thought I was going to go straight into property developing and that's what I was going to do as a career. But after finishing rugby, it was it was lonely going up to. Uh, or going to an auction, buying a house, meeting the builders up the house, and then three months later, selling the house. I had no team around me. I had no one to have banter with. I had nobody to, do you know what I mean, to talk to day to day. And yeah, that's why I got involved with, with what I'm doing now, is to be part of something and go and have banter with, with people within the hub or my staff and, and just be start be part of something that uh, we've got a, a dream and we want to be in every sporting stadium not every but a lot of the sporting stadiums in the in the UK and then eventually around the world um, so I think it's good to, to have that um, but yeah it's it's hard it was hard for me when I when I finished when I didn't have that ch- changing room uh, uh, vibe going on but hearing you say that, Alex, is that the most poignant thing that you missed the most of, of out of your playing career? I th- yeah, um, yeah. There's there's different things. Uh, obviously, that the I lo- I don't I don't miss the training when it was peeing down with rain or freezing cold. Um, I miss the feeling of uh, nerves and butterflies just before you went out onto the pitch. I miss. What the final whistle going and you've won and everybody's jumping over each other. But the more it's the day-to-day, just lift share into training, the, the chat that's going on in the car, the, the, the jokes that go on in the, in the changing room and, and just, just having your mates around you, left, right and centre, 24-7. And uh, 
that's the 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 biggest part of for me what I missed. So why not go into coaching like Andy Powell did then? Uh, I um, I enjoy um, my weekends now, and like I said, I got three young kids and a wife, uh, or three, three, not so young anymore. But um, yeah, I like to holiday when I want, um, and I think it's too regimented. Where I did that from a oh, from the age of four, um, played uh, played rugby, and when I finished, I wanted my my freedom but dip my toe in when I, when I want to go to a game or uh, go to a hospitality event. So why not? Okay, then let me set you a challenge then. So why not uh, colour commentary or something like that, be it like shading I, 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 done? Yeah, again, you're, you're every weekend you'd be at a home match or you'd have to fly away. And um, also, yeah, it's, 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 it's too regimented for me and I like to be pretty uh, flexible with with what and when I do. Do you like to stay out more out of that spotlight nowadays then? Um, it's, it's not to do, it's to more, more to do with my, uh, my free time. I'm so busy with work and everything. When I get a, a weekend off or, um, I can plan in that I watch the rugby like I did on, on Saturday or the week before went down to the game. Um, but I don't have to. So it's a it's a personal choice. Um, I don't watch much regional rugby anymore. Uh, I watch the Six Nations. I will obviously watch the World Cup. I watch knockout stages of the Heineken Cup. It's not Heineken Cup now, but the Championship Cup. Uh, but yeah, not not uh, day in day out. But the, but does that come down to the the factor that you have to be put the blinkers on when you're in that environment? And the the family orientation kind of does go on the back burner to a certain extent. Now you want to put that in as a, as yeah, a yeah, 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 definitely. I definitely. Um, and and I've got other interests. And do you know what I mean? I, I could say I sometimes think to myself, would with, with what I was good at when I was playing, I was all about defence. Could I be a defensive coach? Um, I would like certain parts of it, but it's it's, it's down to what's important now uh, to me, and that is my family and and enjoying that as much as possible. Obviously, with with work as well. But I think people obviously forget about that because I think um, you could gloss over the fact that every sport is the same. Most people only see the pinnacle be Six Nations, World Cup, Olympics, Paralympics, World Championships. You name it. They don't see everything that's uh, the, the sacrifices, be it they've got to spend large periods of time away from their family. Yeah. From from that present presence. Yeah, Where's definitely. That? Yeah. Uh, my my eldest daughter on her first Christmas, I had to train Christmas Day, um, and just just little things like that. Um, you didn't you didn't know what a bank holiday was. Um, and it, do you know what I mean? It's you obviously I had amazing highs. Now I've finished. I think I've got the choice that I'm glad. I'm glad I'm doing what I am, and I'm not structured in my year to a, a rugby season where you you've got to make sure that June is your only time that you've you've had you can have off. Um, I want to enjoy, yeah, traveling and doing doing what fits in my family's diary. Well, it's a difficult one with sport because it's it's well, you say June, probably one of the more expensive months for going away altogether. Yeah. On a side note, but in terms of be it holidays, going away, being able to completely dewind, un, dewind is not even a word, unwind, yeah, and, and kind of relax is predicated on the sport. Whereas, obviously, as you talk about it now, you you would put it. In, in places where it suits you, it could be based on multiple different factors as towards it could be orientated towards the business or not necessarily, and and it, you're going to act according to that. Yeah, I, I, I think again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just my preference, and I think boys who retire and go into uh, into coaching, that's what they love, that's what they enjoy. Just had other other things that I enjoyed outside rugby when I was playing. 
and that's the the path that I've taken. Um, every everybody's different. There's no like I said, right or wrong answer. Well, I think even he mentioned it when he was asked by uh, Scrum Five. He said he said he would never do it, never go into Who's coaching. That? Who's that? Um, oh, the name eludes me. Andy Powell. He said he'd oh, never go into coaching, and no. obviously here he is. Well, it'd be a couple of years later. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then you can you could probably see it as animated as ever on the sidelines, uh, and that's probably a coach that's if they could choose to, would be on the field with the players. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, but but also some some boys who who or whilst they were playing were all was always coaching. So Steve, Steve Jones, who's going to be backs coach for the Welsh team uh, after the World Cup. He was he was coaching the boys when they were playing. They, they've just got that natural the way they explain they, and how how they put it across the respect of the players. And do you know what I mean? That's that's a skill in itself. Not every good player can be a coach. But does that come down to his position, though, to a certain extent? Um. Yeah, maybe with with regards to being the the conductor what what whilst he was playing, but. There's there's players who you knew were going to go straight into into coaching when they finished because they had that way about them, the way they would work with younger players and had time to to do that. Where some boys, as soon as the you were laid off the pitch, they run into change and have a shower, get in the car and go home. They they just didn't have that. Not and not being selfish, but that's just how they were. They they weren't interested in in helping. Other people, no, that sounds wrong, but you had you had people who who wanted to uh, pass on their skills and what they had learned of the part that went wrong in the training session to what should have happened to one of the younger players who was coming through, and you would always see that with certain players. And where would you, one of those. Where would you put yourself? Listening to how you speak, I would put you probably somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if somebody asked me, um, I obviously I would would always spend time then, and and but I wouldn't be the person going to somebody and saying you should have done this, you should have done that. It, I'm if somebody approached me and said what would you have done there, then obviously I would give them as much time as they they wanted. Um, but yeah, coach, coaching never, yeah, never give me uh, um, butterflies that I wanted to get into it. Is it too much? As in, when I hear coaches say to me, it's more stress. And these are probably these are people that were athletes themselves. They say it's more stressful than being the athlete. But I think, okay, maybe I don't want to go down that route as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But also, you see a lot of uh, a lot of backstabbing in with with coaches. You're only uh, saying you're only good as your last game, but also um, at, at the present, you're only as good as the budget as well that uh, these regional teams have got and it is getting better and we are getting more professional but they're playing against teams in Europe's like I know they didn't have a great season last year but too long they've got a budget four or five times and they've got three squads so uh, it's, it's not a level, level playing field but then sport never if you probably we were honest with ourselves sport never has been no, no, it no, it hasn't. But I just wouldn't want to put myself in that in that position to for social media, for the newspapers, for for yeah. It's just it's just not. I, I got better things to do. <laughs> do, you, do you think you because you've been in that cauldron of what is the pinnacle? Well, I, I won't call it the pinnacle of Welsh sport, but be the highlight of Welsh sport. It's a country that is predicated on rugby it's very much passionate about that sport do you think because you've been in that that cauldron what where the media is you step one foot out of line result wise they're coming for the throat oh 100 percent, 100 percent. like gatlin's been unreal for the last 12 years that he's been here but there was a, a couple of seasons ago when we were going through a not as brilliant patch and the things they were writing about him, and I just can't believe that you could just turn and turn the key and 
open the door and you've got a different mindset to, to that person, what he's done and put in place. It's, it's wrong, but I just think that's the way uh, our media operates and it's not, it's not a good thing. But, but I, don't it, think, but, I don't think it'll ever change. It'd be, I think some people are surprised well, be it's, looking it's, inwards. It's gonna, yeah, it's it, do you know what I mean, and and these guys, uh, when the new coaching uh, team come in, they're in for a, a, a difficult, uh, and I hope they hit the ground flying with the great great squad that we've got, and we continue improving and beating the top teams in the world, and it, I've got no doubt we will, but it's not it's not going to be an overnight success, because Gatlin started when we were bottom of the bottom just got kicked out of the World Cup and he brought uh, a mentality to the, the the squad that you can beat anybody that uh, and and it, it was it was literally overnight within six months we were six nations Grand Slam champions and yeah it's we're, we're I know we dropped to number four after losing at the weekend but we were number one last week we've never been one in the world ever. So it is going to be a, a hard job for for us, uh, Pivik and, and Steve coming in, um, Jonathan Humphreys and Byron Haywood. Um, I wish them all the best, and uh, they they've done a, a or they've had some great success down at the Scarlets, and, and I'm sure they they'll bring it. But I just hope the press don't get on to them from day one because it is going to take. Uh, a couple of campaigns for them to put in their systems and 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 even with the the strong squad we've got um so yeah we'll wait and see on that one but do you think from a, from from where you've been you are on a kind of hiding to nothing be it okay you talk about 2000 2007 has been rock bottom yeah everybody will see that as there's a light at the end of the tunnel Okay, at that particular moment, you, the team may not even have seen that. But to yeah. go from that to the heights of, and I remember it well because uh, I think, oh, I was living overseas at the time. But I, I think I, I didn't switch to match off when you were away in France. But I was like, oh, they may lose, but I'll leave it on anyway and, and go do some yeah. schoolwork. And that, that, that show, well, it's not showing my age, but I was about, gosh, been quite young, but. I'm doing it from that basis, but I was like, well, you never know. And then the, the, they, brought, they brought that T-shirt out. I think the second Grand Slam came out. It's like, they're like buses. You wait wait for one and multiple to another one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's been it's been a great period for since Gatlin has, has taken over. But all I'm saying is we've got to give uh, the next setup a bit of time to set up right. But then do you think they'll always be compared to be it the legendary status of be it the teams of the 70s then? It's, they they were amazing in the 70s and what they did and what they achieved, but you can't compare the two, I don't think. But do you think it's the journalists and be it the media? Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. You know what I mean? They, 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 yeah, they jump on the, on the bandwagon, but I don't know. Has anybody... And, as, I mean, anybody put the, the that period, twelve year period in the seventies to the twelve years now? How how does it compare? Are we just as successful, or are we more successful? It can't be far away. What's Apple? If I think if you're a real a realist, and yeah. I know somebody has quashed me and said that, that that's not possible, but you're either an optimist or a pessimist. In terms of, I think you, you comparing to be like the ten, the twelve years, should I say, of Gatlin's era. In present day, to to be comparing to the seventies, I think it's apples and oranges because you could say, and I think this is where I think athletes are more reflective in looking at things. Is you could you could pull out the bits that you want to pick to be able to compare and contrast, but they play a lot more games nowadays. Be it what they were doing. Yeah, no. All I was 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 saying with how many Grand Slams were won then, how many uh, triple crowns, how many. And, and and just on the success in the seventies compared to now, and I don't think it would be that far away. So it's who I think um, it's whoever breaks that duck and wins the World Cup probably the most successful team. Yeah, true. And, and 
fingers crossed they do. Fingers crossed they do. But my penultimate question to you, Alex, then before we wrap up, then what would you put? How do you? And I'm going to try and word this to suit the episode. How does an athlete get into a mindset where they're able to challenge their beliefs, different to say the general populace? Why? Why are they so positive focused most of the time? Um, I can only talk about me personally, uh, but. I would always, even if, like I said earlier on, if, if I had a bad game, you always had next week to to prepare and you were going to change the way you performed because uh, a player never goes out there to want to do a bad job. But that's the the way I've always been brought up and my, my how I think even now that I've finished, that if I've had a bad day yesterday, then tomorrow I'm going to make sure that it's, uh, even better, I'm a big believer in that positive mindset. Uh, and there were some boys that <laughs> were hard work and uh, usually a black cloud walking around with them uh, above them. But yeah, that's the way I always was and always will be in, in whatever challenge I have next. And my final question to you before we wrap up the episode is that if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Oh, um, surround yourself with uh, with good people uh, that bring the best out in you, and um, always think if you've had a bad day today, uh, today tomorrow, uh, push on and, and make the most of it. So once again, Alex, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Alex and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at Alex underscore Popham. That's A-L-I-X underscore P-O-P-H-A-M and at James O. Roberts 11. And again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And finally, do check out his website, hub15.com. That's H-U-B-X-V.com. And as always, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the tab free resources. Make sure to check those links out. They will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category sport. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.